When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Odell Beckham Jr. made the catch with one hand for the touchdown. Wow, what a catch by the rookie. Ridiculous. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Don't it, Dovey. I like it. All right, 102 back on Fan BT and Sal. Brandon Tierney, Sal, the Cotta Show. Hey, by the way, in two days at this time, guess who's waltzing into our studio? The well, Dice Man yeah, coming? Yeah. Well, hickory dickory dunk. <laughs> He's coming in. I, is he a big sports guy? No, I think not he at all. Is. No sports. No sports? No sports at all. Right. Okay. But it'll be fun. Oh, it's going to be yeah, awesome. Right. It's the Dice Man. I just didn't know. Like, yeah, nah. I mean, you know, Growing up, he had to like at least be a Mets guy, I would imagine. Or yeah, yeah, I mean, you, could, you could ask him. But, oh, definitely yeah. ask him. But we'll stay. We'll have a little fun with him. So uh, that is going to be awesome on Thursday. Right now, we chat with our buddy Brian Baldinger on the line. On us, NFL insider Baldy. Uh, calls brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin as well. Baldy, welcome back, buddy. And before we jump into the conference championship games, I'm just curious your opinion on two situations that seem broken for different reasons. The Dallas Cowboys, you got family members chiming in left and right. The, the the Eagles just imploded, yet both apparently, certainly Dallas, sticking with their coach Sirianni, likely back as well. You surprised no changes there? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think uh, I think Nick is safe, uh, provided, you know, he had all his coordinators released, two defensive coordinators and his offensive coordinator. So I feel like, you know, his guidance with whoever they bring in could uh, could help resuscitated offense that fell apart the last half of the season. And in Dallas, it's just Dallas. I mean, I I don't know that I would have brought Mike McCarthy back. Nothing against Mike personally. But, you know, they've been a dud in the playoffs, and it's supposed about it's supposed to be about winning playoff games and winning Super Bowls. And they've been a dud in the postseason. So I'm a little surprised right there. One more uh, on the coaching stuff. Actually, there's probably a couple more here, Baldy. But off of that, you know, we saw McDermott fail again with the Buffalo Bills. Would you look to make a change there? I wouldn't, only because they were just so decimated on defense that they, I mean, half of their starters were out and didn't play. They had a couple other guys that were literally right off the street that came in and tried to play against Kansas City in the week before. So I would keep Sean. They just have to, I, I, I would just keep chopping wood and, Hopefully their defense doesn't just get decimated the way it did this past year. Where do you think, Baldy, Belichick and Harbaugh end up? I think Harbaugh won't get out of uh, Los Angeles with the Chargers. I think that's where he'll end up. And Belichick right now, I mean, I think the best bet right now would be Atlanta, although they had a chance to sign him and nothing got done. So if he doesn't sign Atlanta, I don't know if he's going to get signed right now. Yeah, and listen, I was reading it, so, I mean, not like it was a tweet. It was it was an article. It was somewhat of a reliable source. But there was a thought that not everybody in the Falcons building was down with Belichick coming in. And my question would be, why the hell not? Hmm. Well, I mean, like, who are those people? They didn't I identify. Mean, yeah, they didn't identify. I mean, I mean, so I mean are we talking about secretaries? Or talking no, about I'm not talking about bold boys. No. Oh, no, but I'm just saying... Like, Arthur Blank's going to make that decision. You know, Arthur, I, I know Arthur very well. I've, I've consulted with him on different things over the years. He's 81 years old. Like, he wants a championship in Atlanta. He's done so many good things in Atlanta. 
They'd like to put a championship in his stadium, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And I would say right now the, 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 the guys that are out there, Bill Belichick would have the best chance of doing that if they could get the quarterback situation figured out. All right, we're talking to Brian Boldinger. Uh, insider calls brought to you by Old Spice. Gentlemen's Blend Body Wash providing exfoliation plus 24-7 moisturization because men have skin too. We were doing this a little bit yesterday. and We, we didn't completely agree, me and Sal here, but how would you put in historical context the start to Patrick Mahomes' career? Six years, six mm-hmm. AFC championship games. How do you place that? It, it's, I mean, it's legendary. I mean, I don't know, you know, if it's uh, up there with Montana and Aikman and, you know, Bradshaw, whatever. But, I mean, it's legendary what he's doing. And it just added when he went into Buffalo and took that team apart and won that game. You know, we're looking at one of the greatest of all time in real time. Like, we don't have to go, we don't have to wait to the end of his career and then look back and go, oh, yeah, he was. We're watching it. We're watching it every year right now. And they said, well, he couldn't win without Tyreek Hill. Well, they won a championship, you know, down. Then, you know, like literally he threw a ball to start the third quarter last week to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. We know he's got hands like feet. (laughs) But Mahomes literally threw it between his helmet and his shoulder pad. Like, he couldn't drop the ball. It was stuck there. (laughs) I mean, the guy's just just amazing. The one thing, the one skill I was really admiring and studying this week is he's got, like, unbelievably fast eyes. Meaning, if he runs a bootleg and he turns around, like his ability to locate the receiver and put the ball in the exact location is as good as anybody I've ever seen. Baldy, how do you explain the, I don't want to say uh, the, the switch was flipped with Kansas City, but they are playing their best football now. They finally, like they were running the football, they look different, physical defense, all that stuff. Pacheco is a beast running it, but they didn't look like vintage Chiefs offense, especially because the receivers are dropping balls left and right regular season. Now all of a sudden, Kelsey getting involved. You mentioned it, Rice has turned into a player. How has Kansas City turned it up another notch uh, when all regular season long they were kind of pedestrian? Yeah, well, I mean, they do have Mahomes, so he's always going to give you a chance. Rasheed Rice was a rookie, and he doesn't look like a rookie anymore. Like, they go to him, and they're leaning on him, and he's catching the ball. And then Kelsey looked like Kelsey last week. You know, I mean, he runs these these seven routes, these long, deep corner routes. And, you know, you watch him in pregame warm-up. They must run that route 15 to 20 times every pregame. Like, it's just it, it's just a fat. And they caught two big passes and one of the touchdown on the other day. And then they, they rec- when Pacheco was out, they didn't run the ball good, and he missed a couple of games. And now he's in, and he's, you know, he's a difference maker. They're really good at blocking inside the interior with those three guys, Tooney and, and Humphrey and Trey Smith. And th- that dance that he does with Pacheco now, I don't know that one guy could tackle that guy. What did, I know you broke, break down the film all the time. I don't know if you've seen this. What did you think of the Kelsey Hart celebration to Taylor Swift? <laughs> well, I mean <laughs> – that's that's that man's love right there, you know. I mean, that's he, right. he, he found he found his love. I mean, he's just yeah. showing her, just showing her, and letting the whole world know what he thinks about it. Exactly, <laughs> not wrong with that, Baldy. You know, no. that's not wrong no. with that at all. Oh, come on, that was a little soft for me, but whatever. Uh, yeah. I like hey, Taylor Swift. That? I like Kelsey, but I thought, you know, hey, I, I I thought I thought the touchdown was better than the heart. You know, they needed <laughs> it, and delivered it. So that's true. Oh but, man, you, you know, look. You can talk about all that kind of stuff, but like score the touchdown first, and anything you got to do after that is, you know, that's that's on your dime. That is true. <laughs> that is true. So, so Brian, for those who don't know, Baldy with us here, BT and Sound on the fan. 
You went through the NFL early 80s. I believe it was 82. Um, you were born you know, in the mid-70s. You were in your teens, so you are obviously consuming yeah. the NFL back then. What do you think it would mean? You've watched it a long time. What do you think it would mean for the Lions to get to the Super Bowl? And even if they win, but just get there. Um, I remember when Philadelphia broke through and won five years ago. Like, I ran into people in Hawaii that were still crying tears of joy. You know, like a month later, you'd see them in a coffee shop in Maui or something, and they were still, tears were still dropping. I mean, you saw the stars that, that have it, whether it's Bob Seeger or Eminem, anybody that has a connection to Detroit, they're all there. Yep. They all want to be a part of it. And so what happens is, like what happened in Philly is, you go, you go, all I want to see is a championship in my lifetime. And you're like, I, w- I want it before, you know, my grandfather passes or my dad passes or whatever it is. And you get that moment and, like, you just, you, you just break down. Like, the emotion is so great. And everybody is collectively feeling like that in Detroit right now. And I, I remember Joe Schmidt and the team that last won, like, in the 50s. Like, those, a couple of those guys are still alive, but, I mean – that's that's how long it's been, you know. And most of our most of us, you know, uh, in our lifetime, we've never seen Detroit win anything. No. So we're all kind of getting up there, you know. So uh, it, it it'll be an amazing accomplishment. You think they could do it? I mean, Purdy's, yeah. you know, eh, Debo's banged up. Yeah. Can they win this game? Yeah, yeah, they can win it. I, I mean, I think San Francisco's a better all around team. But one thing about Dan Campbell. And this is something all coaches should look at. Like, he never stops being aggressive, ever. And so sometimes it backfires. But it says the message to the team is, we're here to win it all. We're not here to have a winning record. We're not here to win the division. We're here to win it all. And if you want to win it all, this is how you have to play the game. You have to take chances. And I believe they have the right mentality to actually do that. And they have so much youth that is so good, so early, so fast, Hutchinson, and, you know, Gibbs and all these guys, uh, Laporta, like they're so good, so young, they don't know that they're not supposed to do this so early in their careers. Like they have all that going for them right now. Uh, it would kind of shock the world, but I'll be rooting like hell for it. Love to see the Lions get themselves to the Super Bowl. BT and Sal, we'll talk about Brian Baldinger here. Baldy, we haven't mentioned the MVP of the league, or likely MVP of the league, Lamar Jackson. You know, I, I felt like this after watching them against the Niners, that if he stays healthy – I don't think that they could be beat. If everybody plays their A game of the four teams that are left, I can't see Baltimore with Lamar playing the way that he's playing, being beat. How do you view the Ravens right now going to this championship game against Patrick Mahomes and you know the, maybe arguably the greatest ever? So, you know, look, I, I think the Ravens are the best team and for all the reasons that you just mentioned. And their defense is um, it's a conundrum to every quarterback that plays against them. But I would never bet against Mahomes. So, mm-hmm. like, I have – like, I'm on both sides here. Um, but I think the Ravens are the most complete team. And Lamar, he's just impossible to defend. And you're like, all the weaknesses that he once had, like, if you want to blitz him, he knows exactly where the read is to go with the ball when you blitz him. If you um, don't account for him in a passing game, he'll take off and just cut you up, run right up the middle. Um, he can extend plays better than anybody. And now he's got, like, this laser accuracy about him. So... There's, there's no weakness to his game. And, and if they want to throw it on first down, play action, it works. If they want to run it and pound it like they did against Houston for 220 yards, they could do that. Like, they're, they're a complete team, and they're the team to beat right now. 
I think Lamar's got the most pressure of anybody. Coach, player. Uh, he's going to get second MVP, like Sal said. You know, there comes a point you get to those mid-20s. If you're that guy and you have a chance, you got to They're better, I think, on paper than their opponent. Who's got more pressure than Lamar? Nobody. Nobody yeah. does. Like, it's all on him. Like, you know, they gave him a big contract this year. There was a question whether they were going to sign him. He got the big deal. He's had a great season, but he has a losing record in the postseason. He, yes, he played very well against Houston. But if he doesn't play well and win this game, they're going to say the same thing about him. They're going to say, ah, you know, he's just he's not a big game player. You know, like that's but that's what quarterbacks got to do. They got to win the postseason and they got to win it all before we start putting them and talking about them the way uh, you know the legends have been talked about. And that's where, if that's where he wants to be, and that's where he wants to be, then he has to deliver. And so he played great on Sunday. Uh, this is a much better defense than Houston is. And so, and they've got a two-time winning Super Bowl champion defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo, who had a great game plan against Buffalo. And he'll have a good game plan against Lamar. So, and it's a much better defense across the board. So he will get challenged on Sunday. The only other person I would say that might be under the same amount of pressure or, you know, maybe even more would be Kyle Shanahan because the Niners have been a great team. They've been to a Super Bowl with Shanahan. They were, you know, the favorites midway through the year. I mean, I'm not sure the exact odds right now, maybe Baltimore ahead of them, but still the Niners have been talked about as being the best team. At some point, Baldy, they're going to have to win the damn thing. Uh, absolutely, and you're right. And he, he hears all the noise. Super Bowl 51, like his, you know, his play calling at the end of that game, Brady should never have been able to come back. Oh. And so that, that, you know, that hangs over him. And then, you know, he's got other championship losses and Super Bowl losses where you go, you know, did the coaching, did his coaching interfere with them winning a championship or getting to another Super Bowl? And people can make that claim. They can say that he was conservative last week at times. It didn't really challenge the way they should have against Green Bay. And so, yes, he has to break through and win it all. Uh, the way Coward did in his 15th year, the way his dad did, you know, late in his career, you got to break through. If you're really I – mean, play calling is fun and being the top of the charts is a, offense is fun, but winning it all is what it's all about, and he knows that. So I think there is some pressure on him, and he feels it, and it'll be interesting to see how he coaches this game, if he coaches it tight or if he just lets his quarterback go play. Um, some of those things we can all watch in real time on Sunday night. Yeah. You know, by the way, I meant to bring this up last week, and I said it to Sal off the air. I didn't realize. So, Massapequa High School, uh, before you went to Duke, local guy. I mean, I know you were born in Pittsburgh. When did you move out east? Uh, and before you went to Duke, a little Nassau Community College, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, wow. you know, once you live in New York, you're always a New Yorker. That's you know? right. That's just, so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a you know, Pequa, uh, power to the Pequas, and uh, <laughs> all the guys that went to high school with me, you know, whether it's Alec Baldwin and. All the different people that were, you know, his dad was my history teacher, and wow, you know, yeah. Jerry, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, all the guys that have come out of Match Beagle, we just trying to carry the torch, man. It's a special place. Were yeah. you, I'm sorry, Sam. Were you a Jets or a Giants guy growing up? Yanks, Mets. Who'd you root for? Uh, well, I was I was a Jet fan. And a boy, don't, don't, don't even say it with pride. You, I, I was. I, 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 you, I, I, you stumbling? I, I, say it with pride. I I, I I I was in love with Joe Namath. There you, you know, go. As a kid. Like I, I I had. I in fact I. I think I wore, I think I had white cleats nice. because of Joe when I was 10 years old. I yeah. think my first pair of cleats were white in honor of Joe. That's to, awesome. to, to, to heck with Long Island, I want to follow you to Maui, Baldy. I mean, from Massapequa to Maui, where you spend a lot of time in Hawaii, that's where I want to go. What a ride. That's a nice yeah, trajectory. Well, 
Yeah, well, I'll be, I, Josh Allen has a football camp at the end of February out there, so we're, we're going to go out there and help him out and uh, coach some of the, the Polynesian kids out there. It's going to be fun. Oh, sounds tough. <laughs> How many rounds of golf are you going to get in? Ten? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a good life. I'll just say that. Yeah, you've heard I don't it, wanna, I don't want to rub it into anybody. It's all good, man. That's all right. We've seen the videos. What do you think about it? Brought it up. I'm like, Bull, yeah, he's breaking down the film during the season. <laughs> Outside, he's on the beach. He's swimming with the fishies well, and stingrays. He's sipping my ties. Yeah, right. Anybody, look, anybody can break down cover, too. But can you break down... You know, life in a shark cage on the North Shore of Hawaii. Like, that's a different breakdown. Oh, man. Love it, I know you fish, too. You must be loving it. Have a good time, man. Thanks. We'll get you next week, man. You bet. Take care. All right. Yeah, Massapequa High School. Have you been to Hawaii? Yes. It's to me like, yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't say I would, I'm well-traveled, but we went there for our honeymoon. Okay. To me, best place. Oh, that was your honeymoon? Yeah. Nice. Ten days. Felt yeah. like it was like I would. I want to oh, go back. Incredible. I can't. It's win. so expensive though. Yeah, Hawaii's well, not cheap. I know, but it's it's beautiful, and I know the there best. are great places elsewhere on Earth to visit. But man, yeah, I've never been to a better spot than uh, I liked Kauai and Maui both. We, yeah, we were in Maui. Um, we actually went to Costa Rica for our honeymoon, hmm. which was awesome. You I don't know, think what? I've ever been? It was great. Very similar. Yeah. You know, I mean, right. uh, eh, yeah, similar topography, whatever weather. You know where I want to go. I don't know who's coming on this trip with me. No, nobody wants to go. I want to go to Alaska, and I want to go fishing. I don't know if I'd go fishing, but I would like to be... I'm curious about what Alaska is like. Uh, like I a cruise, go. or you want to... like an nah, Alaskan man, cruise? I don't want to go on a cruise. Uh, I want to get like one of those... Stay in an igloo? No, I'm not going to stay in an igloo. Oh. I want to stay in a hotel. Oh, you got to go, you got to feel the vibe. <laughs> you know, walk on, on those head. tennis rackets or whatever those... Yeah, you know? oh, for the, uh, yeah. the grip? Yeah, yeah right. they do. They actually do. No, I, I want to go, and I don't want to ice fish. I want to have one of those those huts those with a fireplace. I want to go, and like you can get halibut. You could get fish there that are massive, dude. Sturgeon. Hmm. Like, but nobody wants to go. You a little uh, BT and South from Alaska? Like, <laughs> Dude, we're trying to get down to spring training. That's tough enough. They're going to send us to Alaska? Jeez. 877-337-6666. That was Odyssey NFL Insider Brian Baldinger. Insider Calls brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. All right, coming up, we got to get back to these baseball calls. The Alonzo stuff is hot. This proposed trade that I gave out for the Yankees and the Mets, I think both win. And a little Hall of Fame stuff. You heard what we said before. What do you guys think? Your call's up until 2, and then it's Evan and Tiki on the fan. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Call of the Day with Brendan Tierney and Sal Licata on The Fan. All right, and today's Call of the Day brought to you by Ramsey Mazda. Choose wisely, choose Ramsey Mazda. Dave's in Princeton. Uh, what's going on, Dave? BT and Sal, how you doing today? I need to rip you a new one, BT. You loved Don Mattingly. Go ahead. As a kid, and, and I'm old, so don't, you know. I got you. But if he, they trade him, Mm-hmm. It will hurt kids. I know, man. I, I get that. No, 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 no. Let me finish. Please. Well, you got to yes, speed things up a little bit, Dave. If you can. All finish. right, all right. We're done so, too. And I played one on one with him at Wilt Chamberlain's indoor basketball. Dave, how old, how old are you, in, man? Dave, how old are you, man? I, I ask. I'm 48. All right. What? And it was in Boca Raton, and this guy walked in, and I'm like. Holy cow, 
that's Don Matting. Hurry up. I'm sorry to hear a problem with the line report. here. There's an issue. I think. <laughs> no, 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 no. Finish, Dave. You got to you gotta uh, save 20 seconds. Dave, hurry up, man. Please, Dave, Come on, Dave. Please. But I beat him. You but beat Mattingly? My ass. <laughs> There's not a chance me. in hell you beat him. Stop, Dave. Come on, dude. He didn't say he beat him in baseball. He said he beat him in basketball. Well, I got to clip him now. We can't have any Donnie oh, slander thank on the you. show. Even if it's a game of horse, that will Good not happen God. to my guy Donnie. Do you know how difficult that was for me the last That's, 90 seconds? Yeah, I can understand. At least. He made it seem like he was 90. Playing I know. at Will Chamberlain. I'm thinking he's he playing in the old. 60s, man. He's younger than us. He sounded well, old. Well, at least one of us. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you sound old. <laughs> I mean, I thought, geez, right, I thought, pick it up. He said I'm older. And he, I was going to say, well, you sound it. Let me show him a little respect. He's old. I'm 48. You know, be soft. You guys are 48. He's two years younger than me. Don't get your act together, man. You're slowing it down. Jeez. Oh, Bring man. some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do a line if you have to. Just let's go, buddy. Pick it up, man. You're slowing down the show. We slowed down for nobody. I'm 48. I think you can say like I'm 91. I'm old. How old are you? 48. Why? What, dude? All right. There it is. The call of the day. BT and Sal, let's get back to you. A lot of baseball topics on the table. Would you trade Pete? I would. We talked that. That's been most of the show. Uh, the Hall of Fame stuff. And a little proposed Yankee trade as well. Uh, and Mets. Ray's in Waterbury, Connecticut. What's going on, Ray? How you doing? Hi, guys. Great show as usual. Thanks, Ray. My, my, my Pete comment is I would not trade him. I mean, I understand they're saying they're going for it, but but I wouldn't trade them because th- let's put it this way: the Yankees didn't trade Judge when when uh, in, in the same situation the Mets are in now. Yeah. I wouldn't trade it. I yeah. would not trade. But Ray, Pete. Ray, can I? You know, yeah, I, you're not going to like this, but you're going to have to admit that it's true. Judge is twice as good. Yeah, but he, but he's the Met, He's the best the Mets got. I you get that, I mean? but. That doesn't mean that you make the wrong move. If you deem it the wrong move, you don't. I respect that. I do, based on his age and his position. I mean, I mean Pete does play a lot more. I, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to knock the play. I mean, look, Judge is a, a different – Judge is one of the top players in the sport. Alonzo is not. True. I mean, that's just that's cut and dry. Boil it facts. down. And that's part of my issue. It's not necessarily with Pete, but the way the Mets are constructed. doesn't mean that the Mets should trade Pete because I don't think that they should. But I don't think the – Judge example is a bad one here. Yankees, there was no talk about them trading Aaron Judge. Why? Because you would never consider trading that type of player. You let it play out and see what happens. Now, Judge had a historic walk season. I mean, you bet on yourself. Nobody could ever win bigger than Aaron Judge, hitting 62 home runs, breaking a record. That's amazing. In his walk year, earning way more than he would have even signed for prior to the start of the season. And he left money on the table. Giants offered more. Right, he would have even gotten more. So different as far as the caliber of players, but the idea to me is the same. You do not trade. Usually, it's not even a conversation. Usually those guys are locked up. Usually. You don't even let them go in the walk year. But I thought at the the fact that he's not. Tells you that I'm not nuts because I'm not the only one who's given a pause. Meaning what? Well, the Mets talked about trading him last year. That's what I'm saying. Like, like the Mets are the Mets are obviously juggling this. It's a tough decision. I it's get tough. it. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, how about Alexis up in Harlem with BT and Sal? What's going on, Alexis? Hello. Thank you for taking my call. I wanted to talk about Andrew Jones, case for Hall of Fame. Yep. Um, I, earlier, Sal mentioned that. Oh well, well he. We were talking about the gold gloves. The gold gloves. He has ten gold gloves, and then he mentioned that Ray Ordonez. Why isn't Ray Ordonez in the in the Hall of Fame? Well, he only had three, mm-hmm. like three 
against 10. Yeah, he didn't play. As, he couldn't hit. No, no, no. But, but the, the point was, BT said, when I said, Andrew Jones is a Hall of Famer, and he said he's the best defensive center fielder ever, and I said, well, why isn't Ray Odoni's in the Hall of Fame? Who's the best defensive shortstop I've ever seen? I mean, he had a good run, 97, 98, 99. Oh, I, I know. I'm just saying that he's, he's the best defensive player. Yeah, it's a, it's a long time ago. I, it's, a, it's a long no time way. ago. I've never seen a player before or since play defense the way Ray Ordonez Dude, did. Ray Ordonez has 767 hits. I understand that, but your argument was just that he was a great defensive no, center No, but then I got into the power right. and the speed. Well, that's okay. a di- but then that's you, a difference. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, if you don't think 10 gold gloves, we're not placing enough value on, on gold gloves. 10, 10 gold gloves with 434 home runs, that, if yeah. that doesn't get you into the Hall of Fame, I don't know I don't know what you need to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And, and watching those teams, Alexis, thanks. I mean, they should have won more. You know, that's obviously, uh, they left a few on the tables, no doubt. But uh, this guy was in the middle of everything. And I didn't see Willie Mays. I just saw the highlights. I saw Griffey. I'll give you another name. I don't know if you probably remember him on the back end, Sal. Devon White. Remember the name, mm, Devon sure, White? yeah. Blue Jays, but, Angels. Ain't, yeah. Boom, you nailed it. He was actually in the open of this week in baseball where he's climbing the dan, 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 yeah. dan, dan, with an Angels uniform. It was like the early 80s. A great fielder. Not as much of a stick as these guys. But to me, Andrew Jones is the best center field. Like, right there with Griffey. See, for me, fielding. Hall of Fame should be, as you said before, top five MVP votes. How many seasons have they either won the MVP or had top five seasons with MVP or, or, or excuse me, top five finishes in MVP voting? Yep. Jones was never that guy. So now you want to say that steroid era, different stuff. I mean, that's a penalty on him. Like Fred McGriff was far, far more impactful, more consistent, a better player. And it took him to the to the extension, whatever ballot they call it now, like the, the veterans the committee veterans? ballot yeah, the veterans. to get in. I, I just don't look at Jones was a great player, and I'm not going to go nuts about it because I think there are players less than him in the Hall of Fame. I think he's also a, a compiler to a certain extent. Look at his last one. Yeah, two, like, it was really, kind of it was kind of empty at the he end. He fell for off a while. the cliff yeah. from dude. He was not an All Star beyond the age of 29. Not an All Star. Yeah, played no, that's, multiple that's a teams. Off. That's fell off the cliff. Yep. Like his yep. last five six years were 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 nothing. I mean, nah, his prime was significant. I understand that. Great defensive player. Yeah, I mean, look, you could certainly make that case. MVP voting, though, never. He had one year where he was top five. He finished second. And that's it. One year. The Hall of Fame's become a joke. It's become well, a that's, joke. That's the other thing. I mean, I hate to pile on Harold Baines, but, like, a good criteria for me. Honestly, Baines did, should not be a Hall of Famer. No, I mean, no chance. This reflects everything that, that I value for the voting or the player's career. I, I, every time we're talking about this, and we're doing a little bit more here, the last couple of days, I say, Sal, go to the right, look at the awards, tell me where they finished in the MVP. How many top fives? How many top tens? Right. Harold Baines played 22 years, all right? And he didn't even get to the benchmarks of 3,000 or 500, you know, hits and bombs. How many times was he top 10? The answer, in, in his fourth year, he finished 10th, and his sixth year, he finished 9th. Other than that, nothing, not even, just one other, one other year, he was 20. So... Like, how do we recreate history? Quite literally, Harold Baines, and that's just in the American League, let alone the nine or ten other guys that are getting top ten votes in the National League. So you're talking about 20 players every year. Basically, of this guy's career for two-plus decades, he wasn't among the best. How the hell is he a Hall yeah, of Famer? It just, it just makes it's no so sense. It's so stupid. It makes no sense. And Mattingly's not in. And, you know, make more. I can make more of a case for Keith for sure than Baines. 
I, I want to look up. I'm going to look up. So uh, some of the numbers are fascinating to me. Like Hernandez, we talk about, might get in, I guess, on one of those veteran committees. Although, wasn't he on – see, to me, I was just going to do this without looking up Keith's numbers, and I just saw it. Lifetime 296. Was he if, 179 home runs, Keith? I think that's the numbers. Does that sound right? Uh, 162. 162. So okay. in my mind, yep. like I was writing down certain criteria, what I would have to be a Hall of Famer. Okay. And I had 290 batting average minimum, career. Depends on the position. I, if you're I, a catcher, I, I don't need 290. Well, fine, but like – like I'm just giving you parameters okay. of an offensive player. Okay, thirty home runs a year at least for five or more seasons. I would need an OPS of career at least eight seventy. Uh, you go to the OPS stuff. I'm Maybe just looking at like if you're not a, if you're not a two ninety hitter. Yep. Like how are you in the Hall of Fame? Well, I mean, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. And I know that, but I don't fully agree. What if you steal fifty bases? Okay, but that and, but that's different. Know. Okay, so if you feel steal fifty bases for how many years? You know, you're not gonna, I mean, how many guys if, really but, did but that if you way, think about it? And, and, and by the way, right, and if you did that for an extended Vince period. Vince Coleman, Steve Sachs, But if Davey you do that, Lopes, odds are you're not going to have the power numbers, right? Yep. So there's, it's got to be a balance where you can't just be, well, this guy hit 500 home runs but had a career 191 batting average. I, so listen, like, I understand. And I, I, it's an interesting criteria. I would just simplify it this way. If you don't have... I like the top five MVP. That's finishes. where I was going. If you don't have at least five years where you were among the five best players in your league, how could you be? We got to keep it moving here. What are we doing? Right. You know that that would be a a baseline and for me. Have have to, context, injuries, etc. You should have had to at least one one MVP. I would like to think a lot of guys have not. I mean, Bijou. I mean, it could just go that Baines didn't. Most of these guys didn't. Yeah, but I don't think. think about, I don't think that they're. You know. Yeah, I get it. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, BT and Sal back on the fan. Y'all know me. Can, um, I, can I mention one thing here before sure. we get back to the calls? Yeah, Sorry I got to interrupt you there. too. It's all yeah. good. Go ahead. So I just wanted to finish up the soul, the um, Stanton, Torres, McNeil trade thing. Yes, that I proposed. So I know there's probably a lot of people like, oh my God, you're nuts. Like from the Mets perspective, why would they take on Stanton? Yankee fans are saying that too. Right, I understand it. And it's never going to happen. We no. understand it. But if the Mets fan is thinking they want Solaire, now in our trade scenario, I think the Mets would be taking on a total of $40 million bucks. Mm-hmm. A difference, right? From McNeil, addition of Glaber, and then Stanton, what the Yankees would pay. Yeah, we did the math, and that's right. Um, I'm pretty sure that it's that's in the neighborhood. Right. Right. No, we okay. did. You're right. So now you're talking about 40 million bucks over the course of whatever it is, three years. His contract's up in 2027. So let's just say that Soler gets 12 million a year. Think about Jorge For Soler. What, three years, he gets three. You think? Whatever. 36 yeah, million. I mean, the Mets aren't going to pay him that. No, no, they, I, they I maybe agree do with that. two for 25 or something, mm-hmm. if that. But Soler, who's the number one guy that I want? He's going to be 32 years of age. He hit 36 and 75 last year in 137 games. John Carlos Stanton, in a year where he didn't even play 100 games, he hit 24 homers and drove in 60 runs. The year before, 110 games, 31-78. The year before, 140 games, 35-97. and Even in bad years, Stanton, if you compare him to Soler, who hit 36-75, and and then the year before, he only played 72 games, he was hurt, 13-34. and year before, he played uh, 149, had 27-70, like... Solaire at his peak is Stanton at almost his worst. Okay. Here's where stats are misleading. You watch Jorge Solaire and you see a baseball player. I know. I get it. But we're you, talking you, about DH. I don't need a baseball player. Uh, well, I want a DH. I hear you. You watch Stanton 
and he looks like a broken down softball player. Understood, but the Mets need him to go in there and provide protection uh-huh. for Alonzo. He hit 190. He's going to hit 200. Uh, he's he's going to hit 30 home runs in a bay. I don't love staying the play, but I'm talking about, think about the value there. Yeah, I think now, he's not, still romanticizing about what he was. Uh, he he but, ain't that guy. I don't care if he does yoga he every let, day and drops 67 pounds. No, he, he ain't going to be that but, guy you need him to be. But he stunk last year. He was atrocious. And, and the year before. And he's still just as good yeah, but with the just, power numbers as any other option that they have. I don't want to bore anybody would but, but here's the problem with him like yes he's always going to run into some fastballs nobody's disputing that right. nobody i mean and yeah go and check google search uh you know mlb top exit velo leaders of course you're going to see stanton's name there yeah, because he, it's sick what he does yeah. even in right field the, of the dh options i know but the pro, why i think it's going to get worse the reason his numbers are going down is because he's lost legitimate bat speed and he's guessing and when you he's get, always guessed. Yeah, but he had enough where he can still keep his hands back. He has to guess so much now. He's a guy who swung at a pitch that hit him in the face. I remember that. He swung at that pitch. I understand. Pitch hit him in the face. He swung at it. You tell me that's not a guess hit? That well, was tomorrow. Yeah, but Sal, but when when you guess to the extreme that he is now guessing you hit 190. Yeah. Wow. You just, and you're going to still rock it somewhere like, wow, look, Stanton, maybe it's fool's gold. He's just, he can't run. He can't field. He can't stay healthy. And he's but, just, he's he's horrible. But, uh, understood. But for the deal that we posed, to me, it's okay. well worth the risk. See, what I think you should really be debating more so, and I know that you reference this, and this is what I don't understand about the Hall of Fame stuff. And we'll get back to yeah. these calls in a minute. And I got to stand up for my guy, David Wright. I've always loved David yeah. Wright. To me, he was like a more modern Mets version of Mattingly. Great dude. Did everything. Oh, great guy. He used to come on the wheelhouse a lot. Yeah. David Wright was always good to us, right? Great guy, high character, did everything well, faster than Mattingly, but a five-tool guy. Chase Utley is at 39.3%. And I know you mentioned the disparity before, but the numbers just struck me. David Wright is at 6.3%. That's what I said. I, just want to make a big I, I didn't deal. know it was that much. I didn't hear the number. 6.3 for Wright, Utley 39.9. Yeah. Now, neither one's a Hall of Famer. Don't tell me that the gap is that wide yeah. in, in Utley's favor. That is ludicrous. That's what I was saying before. We did it on, on SNY yesterday. I brought it up to you before. Even if you think Utley is borderline, mm-hmm. fine. You can't have Wright. No way. There's no chance Utley was, should be at 40% of the vote and Wright is at 6. Wright was the better player. He just didn't do it as long. Now, Utley won more, obviously, but that's that's not Wright's fault. That That is that's a joke. That is ridiculous right there. Kevin is in Matawan, New Jersey. BT and Sal, what up, Kev? Hey, BT Sal. What's going on? How are you guys doing? What's up, Kev? We're good. How are you? I got to say, with the Alonzo deal, um, I'm a Mets fan. I don't think we could trade Alonzo, and the reason being is I don't think we're going to get the haul back that you'd want. Well, they wouldn't ever do it if they're not getting a haul back. That's number one. I mean, it's why maybe well, why they didn't do it a couple of years ago or last year. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get that haul. So I don't think it's reasonable to think that he would be traded or he will be traded. And also, if you're King Cohen and you're sitting up on your mountain of money, you know, 230 is too much for the guy, but not for King. <laughs> Oh, we, we're not well, a, Kevin. We can't call him the king. Stop. Well, uh, no, I mean he, he'll get he'll regain that king. that crown. For now, you it's got to be DH, it's got to be put on pause. I'll get a DH. King. But but the point is, you're oh, right. God. He could afford that money, but to what extent? He's only got to pay more than what the next guy is going to pay if he chooses to do so. He did not choose to do so for Degrom. And if you remember, what he did was say, "Well, I don't believe in Degrom, so I'm going to go out there and give Verlander forty million a year." Mm. Now. They may get to a point where Alonzo prices himself out of what the Mets value him at. I have my doubts because I don't 
think he's going to command what he or Boris expects. You know, Boris is bound, he's down this road right now with his guys, mm. holding on to him. They're not getting any, he thinks Blake Snell is worth 250. He's not getting it. So at some point, he's got to come down to the realization is teams aren't going to pay what you think they're worth. But let's just say that Alonzo gets 250 somewhere else and the Mets say, eh, what do you think King Cohen's going to do? Who? Steve Cohen. What do you there think you he's going to do? Um, he's going to say, you know what? I'm not going to pay Pete 250 but I am willing to pay Juan Soto. Oh, yes, or yes. Whatever. Like, no, no he's, there's no doubt. It's he's not about pivot. the money. It's yes, about where you're putting the money. It's about the player that you're paying, which is why I'm saying trade him. I mean, if we're talking about should the Mets give him 230, should they give him 205, if we're, if we're that dug in on what he's worth, in a lot of ways, most people, even if they disagree with me, are pretty much saying, yeah, I can kind of understand what you're saying. Maybe we should trade him. Like, you push back. But nobody's saying, got to sign it, sign it at, at all cost. Question for you. Mm-hmm. He had a few different versions. What was the, the courtiest version of the Macho Man? Do you remember this? The, so, the, like, the worst version yeah, of the Macho Man? your least favorite version of the Macho Man. I mean, I liked Macho King. You didn't like him? Okay. I don't like the announcer of Macho Man. Right. That was my... The Macho King was awful. What? Ah, oh, come on. I thought the, he did well with it. Downgrading from Elizabeth. Just the whole spiel. Sensational Sherry? Oh, and what? Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah from Elizabeth? Yeah, well, Jeez. I understand. Well, there's something about Sherry, huh? No. Not even... <laughs> Nothing at all about Sherry that's... Really? I mean, she's still, if she's dead, I don't, I don't want to disparage her. I think her. she has passed Okay, on, then... Yeah. She was fine. She just did more of an Elizabeth. Okay, I know. I get anyway, it. the Macho King was my least favorite iteration of him. The my only my thing... uncle and father used to fight about that. Now that I think about it. Are you serious? Well, as a young kid, I didn't know what they were talking about, but my <laughs> uncle was like, oh, look at Sensational Sherry. My father's like, she's ugly as sin. Hey, that's why. Well, yeah, yeah, he knows what's going on. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't want to pile on again. Disrespectful. I'm not trying to. No, no. But the Macho King was awful. The only thing worse than the Macho King is this ridiculous King Cohen moniker. Oh, well, uh, you I mean, stop you just got to put this on ice. No, just Call like Macho earned that crown by I got beating Hacksaw I got Jim a new Duggan. rule. Yeah, I right. don't make many rules. I've always said I don't have many rules on any show that I'm on, all right? And I don't have any rules for our show. You have one rule. You don't tolerate the disrespect. I will no longer tolerate the King Cohen reference. If somebody says it, I'm hanging up on him. Oh, that's no, no, happening. No, 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 oh, yeah. No, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Don't, dude, I'll come in here tomorrow on a king and I hope that somebody calls in the. Listen. I admitted to you. I promise. With this all. No, no. I admitted to you. I'm done with the king coat. Sign it. If you at least sign a competent DH, right. I won't hang up for on now, people. For now. Like Evan's I beard. I have to retire. You're right. I, I mean, come on. To be fair, you call me out. Sometimes I just say it because it's so catchy and I created it. But like, when you say, what Cohen? And I say, oh, yeah, Steve Cohen. I have to remove. You do recalibrate quickly. I give you credit. I have to remove. You're right. I have to remove the crown that I bestowed on King Cohen. He, at least for the moment, is not acting like a king. Yeah, and by the way, I I don't have really any beef with you. It's the callers. Like, you at least correct yourself. Right. Yeah, well, you created it from. What do you think they get it from me? Well, I'm saying, but you created it. It's catchy. You've mm-hmm. got a legion of sycophants who follow you to the end of the plank here, and uh, well, no, they believe well, in. I mean, in that's what, what I, I mean. They believe in. Yeah. Yeah. Believe in yeah, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Can I say that one? Of course, you can say okay. that. But so you do a great job checking it. The callers, at least for a couple weeks until you, know you get what? a DHM. I, I'm hanging up. That's oh, it. Uh, yeah. Or Done. what will be even sweeter is what? when he signs Soto. I mean, then he's Ooh, he's baby. more than king. He is. He's Ooh, baby, it's gonna get ugly around yeah, here. I'm yeah, warning it'll you get now. Ugly. I'll flip out on the Yankees. <laughs> Farrell's in Smithtown. Probably fought him one of the day. Farrell, what's going on, buddy? Hey, BT and Sal, how you guys doing? What's up, Farrell? Good. How are you? So just a, good. So I just want to get you guys' take on this Hall of Fame thing. So you know, listen, I'm 51. Um, me and my dad would always used to say, if you had to think about 
the, the play for one second, he's not a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Boggs, the Schmitz, the Brett, the Pedro, the Jeter. You know, what's so crazy to me now, and the debate's going to be wild, and I've been wanting to call you guys on this for a while, the metrics have all changed. So how in the world is Scott Rowland and Harold Baines in, but like a Dale Murphy and Steve Garvey, who I know BT, you know, for – you know, growing up, they were probably the best players in the National League for 10 years. The numbers are... Well, not 10 like, years. Uh, no, not, 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 not 10 years. You're a little bit off with that. Gar- with um, Dale Murphy, back-to-back MVPs, and he wound up tailing off a little bit. Still an amazing player. Garvey, by the way, was an awesome October player. Look at Steve Garvey's October stats as a Dodger. A great fielder. It did it with the Padres. Clutch home run. How Steve Garvey's not in? I don't get it. And the problem, Farrell, thanks for... I didn't mean to jump you, but we got to get rolling here. Here's the problem with Baseball Hall of Famer. Like, voting. The people now, no offense, but it is what it is. The people weighing in, for the most part, are geeks. Are numbers-oriented, analytical nerds. I don't think so. I still think a lot of... No, there's more influence than numbers, the numbers. Take your protractor (laughs) and take a hike is what you could do. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not all about the numbers. They do help in this particular case, but I'm no. But you. I'm saying I just too many people who didn't <laughs> see these guys. I mean, I'm kind of messing around, not yeah. really. But too many people who didn't <laughs> see them play have a real voice and whatever. Sal, great job today, bud. See you tomorrow. All right, BT. See you tomorrow. We will react to the Hall of Fame. See what else comes up. A lot of Knicks tomorrow. Good luck, Knicks uh, playing the Nets. Seven and Tiki coming up next on the Fan.